welcome to the comics table. Hey, everybody. We're back at the comics table. Patrick Holbert. And Tristan Smith, everybody. I'm chilling gum, Patrick. Well, thank God you can't hear it that much over the music. Oh, there we go. Now we're getting it. Good. Listeners, listeners, I implore you, please keep listening to the episode. Oh, God. Despite these disgusting mouth sounds coming out of Tristan Smith's face. See, it's horrible to listen to, but it's yeah. worse looking at you profile, digging into the mic with your beard tickling the windscreen on that thing and just hearing those... Salivate, salivatory glands. You love my beard to tickle your windscreen. You know that. Oh, yeah. A lot of moisture. Check Please it. don't put that there. It there. Is. Please put it, don't. There it is. Don't. It's for you. It's a I little gum sculpture. sculpture. I, I put God. some mint gum uh, right on the table. Let's, let's just inch it over towards you. Just, the guy there. just came in here and wiped off this table there for we go. us. Well, you know, we're probably the last people in. The, the lovely, where we were, the lovely Opera, Opera America Studios in, in New York City, baby! New, New York City, the city of lights. I have like a phobia the with big gum. Peach. It's really grossing me out. It looks like it's, a little tiny brain. That it, looks like your, the size of your brain. I was chewing on my brain. Here, no, it's I'm getting just, close to the cables. You I'm just I'm inching cables. it ever closer to Patrick. I'm inching it so close Get to you. Get it away, please. Oh, my God. God. I might touch you and give you a Ebola. I, somebody's got to paint the visual here, so yes. I guess I will. Tristan's literally got his bare hands just scraping a piece of gum on the table toward me. Oh, my God. It's almost going to fall off. I can feel my blood pressure rising. It's going to fall right on your crotch and you know what? area. It's like now I know that you're not going to oh, actually... Oh. Put it on me. All right, it fell on the floor. I know you're not going to actually touch me with it, but now there's a trail of your saliva yeah. across the table like it was a, a slug. So I'm just going to go ahead and relocate. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a demonstration of the OCD that is Patrick Holbert, my good friend. I don't think that's OCD. My, I think that's my partner in crime. No, just the way, like that was like a that was like a level. Your level of ick about it is. Uh, I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> We also did spend 10 minutes of greeting each other tonight talking about how you're not feeling well. So God knows what's loaded in that saliva. I'm feeling well now. Feeling very well. Yeah, we're back on the mics. I feel like it's been it's been like eight weeks, I think, since we recorded with Cress and uh, been, Caitlin. Been, but you were doing something. I got married, baby. Whoa! Yeah. Woo! Big changes. I'm a new man. I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. Thanks for getting the kazoo out. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was there. I was there at your wedding. You were. I, I toasted toasted your union. Yeah. Let's get into the details after we get the show started. I feel like. We're oh, do we still... not get the show started yet? I, I'm not feeling started. I'm feeling like... started. Are you I feeling feel... started? I, yeah. Once I once once I took the gum out, I was I was started. I was ready to rock. You were. You know. You ever? Did you ever have to start a lawnmower with the pole start? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like like I feel like we're still yanking. It. We're still I also had yanking the electric. I had the electric mower too when I was a kid. Oh, that you had to yeah. plug in? Yeah. Those are insane because you could just mow over the extension cord. You could. You could mow over the extension cord if you were not paying any attention at all. Yeah, but that, I don't. I never liked that. I always wanted the freedom of being able to go wherever I wanted mm. without having to worry about running things over. In case some gum may have like, yeah. shown up. Yeah. Just run. Uh, well, I guess right. what I'm saying with getting the show started is we should introduce our guest. Oh, yes, we should. We have the very lovely Athir Yakub with us today. Hey, Athir. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, Athir yeah. was just politely sitting here, um, lightly chuckling to our idiocy. Yeah. yeah. I have the same sentiment as Patrick, though. I'm a little bit like, I don't know. It's not OCD. It's just having like No, it's just sense. I'm gross. Really it's just is gross. What it's, yeah. I'm just gross. I, I realize that. Yeah. yeah. Common sense. You're gross. Yep. Uh, That's and true. Yeah, anytime bodily fluids are being pushed toward you, uh, uninvited, that's a that's a problem. That's problematic. How often yeah. are bodily fluids being pushed towards you uninvited? Uh, that sounds like somebody that's kind of like <laughs> sweeping sweeping bodily fluids towards your direction. You're like, no. Yeah, at the uh, at the, uh, the medical suppository. Center. Yeah, the suppository. No, depository. The, su- <laughs> the suppository. The, dep- <laughs> the, de- the suppository depository. Yeah. Which you probably do you have experience with these kinds of things, Athir? I know you work in somewhat on the receiving end or giving of suppositor. I've I've never given one. Well, either yeah. that's all interesting. <laughs> have you ever have you ever prescribed one? No, I can't prescribe anything. Well, have you ever Basically. suggested a client use a suppository? Um, I've it's suggested kind of, other things. Maybe we should a, say what I do. Medical? No, I think no, we, I think the mystery really. We like to just get things started in the middle. Yeah. 
Uh, I've prescribed some Metamucil. Oh, okay. To get things uh, really flowing. Get, get it moving. Get it moving. All right. So you're a nutrition expert, nutritionist? Yes. Okay. What, what did you do today at work? I told a bunch of people what to eat, what not to eat. And oh, shit. They're coming to get weight. me. And I listened to people talk about their problems and try to fix it through food somewhat. So you're like a food therapist. It, it kind of turns into therapy a lot of times. That's so interesting. A lot of times, yeah. And you, so I only know you as a comedian, a theater, hilarious comedian. Yeah, and actually, person. the first person we've had on, we got started at pretty much the same time. Like so, so actually, Athir is actually the impetus for me getting started in stand up because we were in improv together. We were doing, uh, you know, I don't know, level one, three, whatever at, right. at Magnet Theater, and um, I don't, I don't know why, you know. And then we were not, like, "Fuck matters. this, like, let's with, do stand up." Yeah, we we're like, "Let's do stand up," and we kept saying, "Like, we're going to do stand up, we're going to do stand up," and then, but we didn't do it, right? We kept mm-hmm. putting it off. And then one summer, I was like, by God, I'm going to go do it. And then um, I just started taking a class. And Athir was in Alabama. And uh, when she came back, she was like, all right, let's do a stand-up. And I'm like, I'm already doing it. And I was like, no, yeah, you she, will not beat me. Right. And so she doing started stand-up. doing it. And so, then we did it together. So long story short, we have Athir to blame for your stand-up Very career. much so. I Very don't write so. his jokes, so <laughs> he only That's has true. himself to blame. That's true. It, it's so funny that you guys started at the exact same time because your comedy is quite different. It's like, diametrically the opposite. Athir's <laughs> funny. She tells jokes, like quick three-line jokes. Yes. They're not long like, soliloquies about... That's actually exactly my average. I purposely try to do three-line jokes. No, that's, but that's great. That's good. That's what you're supposed to... That's I've had you, you're supposed to do it. I've had you on shows of mine, and uh, yes, you're, oh, you're, you're very reliable in the jokes department. Like, she'll get them laughing because there's things to laugh at. Oh, thank you. You know, with Tristan, <laughs> when he starts a bit, uh, it's, they're ve- I find them very, very funny. Uh, so I might be in his target demographic. But with Tristan, if you don't get in on the ground floor on right. one of his bits, and if you don't understand where he's right. going with something, you're right. never getting up to the <laughs> final destination. If they're not on your side in the beginning. It's like, oh. Do you know, I uh, I went to sunny Florida uh, this past week, and um, I uh, was reading a, a comedy book while I was there because I'm a... I'm a big old You're student geek. of the craft. Student of the craft. <laughs> and, Never stop um, learning. Actually, no. No, this is uh, um, it's it's. Uh, have you? This is like a very like norm. This is like a very basic like recommended book for most people that do comedy. And if you go to a comedy's or a comedian's apartment, a lot of times they'll have this. It's the Comedy Bible by Judy Carter. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Everybody's got that one, right? I haven't read it. Um, it, you know, it's 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 just interesting. You know, she there's a lot in there about doing a sitcom, which is not really what I'm like looking at now, but. There, but she talks about the craft of the joke, and the thing is, is you know that like probably this book was written back when people would had shoulder pads up on stage yes, and stuff. Like it, yes. it kind of it's dated. I but I when still I, relevant in right. in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a lot of useful information in there. When I was reading it, I was also taking a workshop with Joe DeVito, and I was getting so in my head about I I was over th- I started overthinking stand up. For, for those people that don't know, Joe DeVito is Danny DeVito's brother. <laughs> <laughs> No, Joe DeVito is an amazing joke writer. He's a great. He's uh, he's got a great mind for comedy. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to do this, you know. And reading that, I mean, book, it shows. Thank, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and it's like uh, you, there's a way to overthink this stuff. And what I, I said to him, I was like, this Judy Carter book. She says like one of her things that I kind of can't stop. Every time I think about that book, I'm like, wait, I'm doing it wrong. If I'm supposed to be doing it the way she says, I'm doing it wrong because. This one concept she has is in a premise, one should never say the words I think or I am or this happened to me. Well, like a premise should always be a very general. Well, you start off general and then you get specific. That was yeah. the thing. So you can talk about yourself, but you have to say. You so, have to kind like, of yeah, so the interesting things that that I got from it were the idea of having an attitude of like of like so, something being weird, weird or hard, scary, or stupid, stupid or hard. Yeah. yeah. I was going to finish that, but then you oh, overlaid sorry, it. Sorry, so sorry. now, now people won't know what the four are unless weird, they... scary, stupid, hard. <laughs> Should I even read this? Now? Which is kind of like what it's like when I'm having sex. Yeah, yeah. except the hard part. We've well, aged out of that. That's that's only because you know you just didn't get me in the mood, Patrick. I mean, it's difficult, but not hard, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so the, those. Do are you the... guys want me to leave? <laughs> 
We, uh, you guys were hugging for like 20 minutes and I came in and Patrick didn't even bother to stand up. I was like, hey. That isn't a hug. It he wasn't was a hug. His erection, that's all. It wasn't a hug. <laughs> it was a hug with his penis. It was a cuddle. We, by the way, cuddle. we can't have a single podcast without mentioning a penis at some point. I just... Yeah. And, and he, mentioned the first no, one. No, it has to be. Yeah. Let's point out that Athir right. was the first one to bring it up. Yeah. They just high yeah. five. High five. I kind of felt pressure with all this male energy around me. I know. It's, we're the conform. worst. I feel like Why I'm did you just mic. say male energy in air quotes? That's so messed up. <laughs> I was looking at Tristan. Right. That's fair. Yeah, Patrick's very manly. Wait, so you're nerding out on the beach. At, on the beach. So are you learning? Uh, were you dis- well, reading just, this book? Are you, are you deciding to become a joke comic? I... I think it's important. Like, I would like to do the road again, you know, like I did that with Jason Chatfield, and I had a great time. But I mean, probably I only landed my jokes like, like I only had like a good show like fifty percent of the time. Yeah. And the other fifty percent, when I didn't, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. But the next time I do this, I want to be more successful, and I think I'm only going to be able to do that is like the only way to do that is if I like write some joke jokes in my voice. You know, mm-hmm. still main, you know, I still want to maintain the darkness that I think is so funny, but um but but you know, maybe in like a tighter joke fashion and, and really actually get in the in the practice of writing because I think I'm a little bit too lazy about it where I will just uh do it in the moment on stage or whatever. And the problem with that is that it's inconsistent in terms of the amount of qua- qu- the quantity and the quality that you can output. Like it's very kind of touch and go, you don't know yeah. what you're gonna get. Yeah. But I think if you take a more systematic approach, which is something I'd like to do, then, you know. What, do, what, what is your process, Athir? Um, I'm just Jim and jamming over here. I don't really write on stage. Like sometimes like you'll say a tag or something will come out and, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, that's good. I'll use it. Right. But for the most part, I try to. Like I used to write everything Actually, out I remember, verbatim. I remember, remember – yeah, very like – We would write together sometimes yeah. and then you were writing with your buddy Lou. Yeah. And, and uh, this was this was before – was this before the nutritionist work where you were I was at your job? A, yeah, I was always – I was at a different job. You were at a different job and you were just like all day long instead of working. You were like, like writing, writing jokes. Like writing jokes, yeah. yeah. I mean – so here are my prejudices of Athir. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're come from a Pakistani family. Palestine. Palestine. <laughs> oh my god. I can't right. Oh my god. So, so I'm saying all this with so much doubt. Patrick's now turning beet red. I'm beet red. I'm he's embarrassed. So embarrassed. No, because I can't even look at him. He's matching here's, his, he matches his wanna, beard now. He's all one color. Here's how I wanna <laughs> talk about this though, because I think this is interesting in relation to comedy and writing for comedy. So Palestinian you're American born mm-hmm. in Alabama, right. but obviously an she came outlier. here with a banjo on her knee. <laughs> Well, I guess the the question I have is, uh, your your parents are immigrated here. Yeah. Okay, so they probably raised you as a overachiever. Is that allowed? Am I allowed to say that? Uh, they had high expectations, very high. Like, were you a good that, student? Yeah. Because, like, I think comedians They're, who were good students are like very. Uh, they put a lot of work into the writing yeah. part. It's just something ingrained in you it's like it's type of work ethic and you when you're a child of immigrants and you see how they started from nothing literally came to this country and like built something up you know you kind of feel like you have to live up to that and they will let you know that you have to live up to that you know i was just talking to my my mother about this because she was on my vacation to florida which means it wasn't as much a vacation as you think it might be Uh. and um she's a teacher she's a school teacher and she was talking about we were we were both having a discussion about like how kids you know, the level of effort that kids put in and that she's found just as general rule that a lot of kids that are coming from other countries are, they, they're, they work way harder. Their parents are way more engaged with what they're doing. And I was like, you know, I think part of that is if you've already made the effort to leave your home country and go halfway across the world to try to find a better life, then you're already kind of that group of people that are really trying extra hard and, and putting forth the effort which I think, like, so a lot of people be like, oh, you know, Asian Asian kids are all super smart, or, or right. Indian kids are all, you know, are all like always get good grades. I think if if you're immigrating from a country that is high, a dense population and you come across the the world to like try to find like a better life, I think uh, right, you're, you're going to try. You're saying the better people or the smarter people from those countries are the ones. No, that no, no. Get I don't it? think it has oh, anything okay. to do with intelligence. I think it has to do with a work, work ethic, ethic yeah. and the fact that. You've already put in the effort to come all the way across the globe for a better life. Like chances are, you're going to work that much harder 
in general. To make it worth the trip. To make it worth the trip, right? And the parents are going to be like, hey, I I brought you here because I want you to have a better life and you better darn well get good grades and darn well go after everything. Whereas if you're born here... We take it for granted. We take it for granted. Definitely. We take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just feel like I'm entitled to success. Like I don't... Well, you're a white man. (laughs) You should feel... Uh, with no. that, with that pompadour you have right there, you didn't yeah. need to say that. That was your <laughs> it says it for no. I, I'm trying out. to I'm trying to put some work ethic in. Also, uh, that's so what it's all about. It's all about the work ethic. Your experience growing up, though, how would how would you like in a nutshell, kind of like describe what that was like? In one word, how was your entire life? <laughs> in, a sing, in a single word, sum up your life and your existence. Well, this, tell us about when you were in high school, coming of age. What kind of school did you go to? And were there other similar I, families? Oh, boy. I've been to like eight schools. Um, I moved around a lot between Palestine and Alabama. I've been to a whole bunch of different schools. Uh, I've gone to private school, public school. Uh, all I can't even begin to. like. Was your dad a businessman or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He owned a business. Um, we had a restaurant for a little while. Then he had like beauty supply chains. And then, oh. um now he's retired. And three brothers? Three, yeah, three brothers. Older? Uh, two older, one younger. So you're a middle child, essentially. Yeah, but I'm the only girl. So oh. <laughs> that comes with its own kind of entitlement, maybe. Well, now you, you've got a number of different um, interesting things about you. And, oh, tell me. <laughs> well, I mean, well, like, I mean, you are you are the middle, you're the girl. You, you grew up in, in uh, Alabama. Alabama. I was the only but, one that moved out. Right, but you came. You also came from. How long did you live in Palestine? Um, I would say like twenty percent of my life because we moved back and forth a lot. But right. I graduated high school and college in Alabama, and then moved to New York. And you come from a Muslim family, yes. And so, I mean, that's super popular in America right now. Absolutely, yeah. It's like all the rage. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and 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 that comes out in your comedy a lot. Like, I I think uh, you know that's one of the main things that you kind of joke about, and it's. And it's funny in a way of like talking about kind of the challenge. Well, I mean, I think both in a, in a, in talking about your cultural challenges, but also kind of, um, kind of merging into the culture, you know, the culture of of Alabama and the United States and whatever else. Right. They're two very different, um, cultures that I'm always kind of trying to sort of reconcile with because I never really felt like I fit in with in Alabama, nor should I. <laughs> I mean, in New York, I felt like when I first visited here, when I was like 18, I was like, I love this place. Like, I want to move here. Yeah. Um, and I did as soon as I graduated college. But in Alabama, I never really felt like I fit in. Mm. Um, and then when you're, you know, a child of immigrant, you never feel like you 100% fit in either place, right? So Because you, you know, you didn't have the same life experience as someone who's lived in Palestine their whole life. You haven't had the same life experiences, nor are your parents the same as someone who was, you know, whose parents are also born here and, you know, um, or lived here for generations. Yes. We're all immigrants. You hear that, Trump? Um. Do you think, do you think, uh, I mean, what made you want to perform comedy? Did it have anything to do with feeling like you're not, weren't recognized or fit in a certain way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a common theme that makes every, like, that all comedians share, right? That kind of, like, feeling like a fish out of water, kind of like an outsider. No, I was very well-adjusted. <laughs> you were so popular in high school. I <laughs> yeah. can, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, like uh, I guess specifically, like, wanting to hear your opinions heard, maybe. Yeah, yeah I mean, now I have no opinions to Do You know, say. I remember <laughs> in, in improv, the thing that stood out for me, like, when we started doing that together, is you were always... Um, you you always had a sarcastic bent on everything. Yeah. And you would also love to come twist in. Twist it up. You'd love to twist it up. Yeah. So we'd have something going on and then you'd come in and it wasn't, it wouldn't be super crazy, but right. it would completely turn the thing on its head. Like, right. it wasn't like we'd be like having a picnic and you'd be coming in and be like, there's a dragon, but you'd do something more <laughs> like dad touched me you know like you would just come in and do something really fucking crazy well, like that that would be like whoa oh i yeah i remember one scene where someone was this was like beginning of improv and like level one or something yeah. so i also knew nothing i was just like going which is by the my best, which is some of the funnest what, yeah the most fun whatever yeah and from in, what i hear magnet kind of celebrates that yeah yeah they're, they're really they're good cool that. yeah Goes like ucb is like mm. <laughs> did you turn to page 12 in the manual because <laughs> uh, that's stop right there yeah. i've heard that they in some places they actually stop you. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, someone was like, we were doing a scene and they were like, oh my God, the baby's sick. Like we have to take it to the hospital. And I was like, okay, you need to stop 
treating our doll like it's a or something like I made it seem like he had a mental illness and then he's just like oh now I have to play with this and it wasn't that I was trying to make it difficult it was just that's how my brain kind of works because you're like it's funny yeah it's funny yeah Yeah, like were you what kind of comedy were you into as a kid like did you like Tim and Eric or something like really weird stuff I loved like old shows like I was obsessed with like I love Lucy Mary Tyler Moore like they were my heroes and still are and I um, I used to watch those shows since I was like a kid. Is that is that does that have anything to do with being a child of immigrants? Like having some kind of reference for what Americana is? Yeah, is except I was like I had a forty year <laughs> delayed oh, yeah, reference. And, and you love the Golden Girls. <laughs> and I love the Golden Girls. So so I with your being a friend, I was in the first Shady Pine show. I think I hosted that right. Yeah. 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 So uh, just to set that up, uh, Athir hosts a show called Shady Pines Comedy Hour. Yes. Great. And Shady Great Pines. Show. Is is that the name of the the retirement home in Golden Girls? Right, a true fan would know that. And anybody <laughs> that performs on the show has to pick who their favorite Golden Girl was. Yes. Uh, so what? So what is that? What is the Land. obsession with Golden Girls? Well, when I first started the show, it was me and um, another comedian, Christine Daddick, and mm-hmm. we both just loved the Golden Girls. We were just trying to think of a name, and we were like, "Oh, well, we both love the Golden Girls. What should we call this?" And mm-hmm. so we just kind of came up with a few ideas and brainstormed and that was the one we ended up going there we go (laughs) you know you know the way to my heart uh matt mccormick i think i might be messing up his name he has done a couple one-man shows and one of them is uh is called a close friend of deborah zabornak is that her name dorothy 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 zabornak you got the last name uh and it's it's his whole hour is devoted to his um his uh like love for strong women mm-hmm. like it's about his mom it's about yeah. Debor- uh, dorothy and hey patrick oh so good this is not the original yeah, this from is the like theme. no this is with some like dude this is like the album this? version no uh blanche was so sexy you both i think picked blanche as your favorite yeah yeah mine blanche, is dorothy blanche blanche liked to fuck yeah, Blanche uh, awoke something in me. Respect her. <laughs> uh, so, so okay, you're growing up. You're going back and forth between Alabama and Palestine. You're loving Golden Girls. <laughs> I love Lucy. What did you go to college to study? Nutrition. <laughs> so, so what is that? Where does the nutrition come in? Is this you hedging against your parents? They're like, you should be a doctor. And you're yeah. like, no. We compromise on nutrition. Really? Okay. Yeah. Is that for real? Yeah. Is that what happened with that? Yeah. I really wanted to be, well, I wanted to be a lot of things, but. What, did, what was the thing that you really wanted to be? <sighs> At some point, I wanted to be like a singer, a choreographer. <laughs> I wanted to be a, a lyricist. I, I don't know. I All the to, things that like a, a Muslim parent yeah. is just worse. Yeah. But I always loved comedy and I always loved to perform. And I, we would put on these like little shows for my parents. and You and your brothers? Me and my little brother and my cousin who would And they're like, it's move. cute while you're a kid. You right. Know? What are like, your you brothers? Just out of curiosity, what is everyone's names? Because a fear, I've never heard that name before I met you. Oh, thank you. It's an uncommon. I, I know I assumed that was a compliment. Thanks. You've never heard no, my name. No, it is a compliment. <laughs> I, I love your name. Thank you. It's more uncommon than my brother's names, uh, Nader, Hassan, and Hussam. Hassan and Hassam? Hussam. And everyone, Hussam. Yeah, everyone's like, that sounds like the same name. I'm like, no, they're it's, so different. It's so similar. Yeah. Uh, that's like Patrick and Peter or something. Exactly. Um, okay, so growing up, you're putting on shows for your parents. And during college, were you doing open mics or anything like that? No, I was... That's when oh, I really you're still in didn't we? Yeah, I was still didn't we already explain? Patrick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sorry. started together. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> you did. You did. But I actually did an open mic before I met you. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? Yeah. comedy infidelity. How dare you? I did too. You? I did too. I think we talked about that yeah, before. But yeah, but I was so terrified, right. and I was like hopped up on Xanax, and I was like, oh, seriously, well, I had to take Xanax too. Like, that's a very common thing where people just start oh. like a false start and whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm totally steer this fucking train all like all like 180, um, okay. because I think we talk about comedy a lot. Yeah, we do. And I I like talking about comedy, and I think people like listening about comedy. But you know, the comics table is not just about comedy; it's about people and their lives and just what the fuck's going on man and you know look right now you can't deny we're in a very particular point in history yeah we're in a we're in a kind of interesting place like specifically with america today i saw on your facebook page today is uh muslim women's day yeah woohoo 
Oh, hashtag Muslim Women's Day today. So is this where and, you're going? And coincidentally, we have a Muslim today, totally unplanned, March but just works out. Works out. Oh, yeah, it does work. Um, but but so yeah, I mean, uh, you, I always found it really interesting to to talk to you about your life and and listen to your comedy about it. But then there's like the way that uh, it kind of plays out in terms of like real life and what's going on with the president. And mm-hmm. there seems to be like a very anti-Muslim um, administration. I hadn't heard. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know, I'm sure you hadn't heard that. But uh, uh, it's been in, it's been in, I don't know, a what? couple of people have vaguely reported oh, on it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything <laughs> about it. But no, I think I think it's, uh, I think it's, um, what, what did your... What like what what what's going through your brain over the past six months? Let's say as things are progressing and like you know like well, wh- how about how was November eighth for you? How was election night? Oh God, I was so I was just in disbelief. It was till like two a.m. I like fell asleep and then woke up and was reading the news. I was like, no, no, yeah, no. I just couldn't believe it. It was complete disbelief. But then again, like I'm from the Arab world, where we have like dictators and like worse. Be- I just Ex- right. Well, that's it. That's a, That's a funny thing. Is like I, I've some people who are from other places are like, get over it. Like, right. like, like until he starts cutting heads off. Like, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> he's fine. Right. It's also interesting because you know people in the Middle East get blamed for uh, appointing their dictators or electing them, and they're like, no, we. And so people here are like, well, they deserve to get bombed or mm. whatever. But then look, someone like Donald Trump, who people are clearly like revolting against got elected right and ever like it although would be now un- that's even in question how yeah. exactly was he elected exactly well i mean look but- if you talk to somebody like my mother <laughs> <laughs> she was very excited about him getting elected she still thinks oh, he's doing a great job oh. oh yeah we were like oh boy oh yeah yeah um, I, I came from a family and it, party and where she's not an idiot you know she's not she's not a racist mm-hmm. Um, she's I met just, your mom. She's lovely. Yeah. Well, uh, lovely's pushing it, but she's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she, you know, she just believes that, well, she's sick of the, she's sick of politics as usual. She was a big, uh, she really disliked Clintons and, um, she just thought, well, maybe this guy will do something different and yeah. he sure has. Yeah. But, uh, and, and she also is one of those people that feels like, well, he's being, um, uh, unfairly you know, uh, portrayed in the press. And, and I can see that to some extent because they do latch on to like certain things that are so stupid right. where it's like, okay, this thing is actually really important to, to talk about, but this thing over here is just s- stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, but as, as of things like, like as things are progressing, like what are your thoughts, like with the travel ban and that kind of thing, like how, cause to me that felt like that's clearly a, 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 Muslim, a Muslim thing. Ban. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I guess with each passing day, I'm just like, oh, another thing. So now they they're trying to ban uh, people from carrying electronics. Yeah, like on, laptops. Yeah, I'm right. like I'm I'm going to Palestine this summer. I'm like, what am I? I'm not supposed to bring my laptop or my iPad. I'm like, what am I supposed to do on the plane for two? Right. Yeah, this, <laughs> I don't even understand that logic because there has been no nothing that nothing. I've heard yeah. of where somebody has utilized those devices in some kind of nefarious yeah. way and, yeah. and they x-ray them so they can already yeah. see if like anything's... I mean, you know. those moves, those announcements are always, always, always just little ways that they can create some little media frenzy over Chaos something so that we're all getting up in arms over that and then... It's a distraction, I think, yeah. from something even worse and bigger that's going on. Have you... So have you personally had to... Have you dealt with any of these frustrations in real life yet? Is this trip this summer potentially the first thing you have to worry about or have there been issues? Um, I mean, I've just gotten like internet trolls like commenting about like, oh, these people should go back to their country. These terrorists, all these because I did a Muslim show or a couple like over the last few oh, months. Yes, yes, yes. So I was just reading the comments, which you should never do. No. But I started reading a few of them, and it was all like, "Get a bunch of Muslims in a room, and they all bomb." I was like, "This is not even yeah like open mic level fun." But anyway. right. So tell us about that. So that was at the comic strip. You put it mm-hmm. put together a big. Was it a fundraiser show? And it was uh, all one Muslim was a fundraiser where part of the proceeds went to Syrian refugees, and then um, one of them was. It's called the Big Brown Comedy Hour, started by another comedian, Dino Bedella. Uh-huh. He's been doing these for years, and he does them every like three months. So it's not just a Muslim show. I think I saw I saw that one the, that show the first time you did it. Yeah, 
and you came. Yeah, so, really, really, I did right in my pants because the, <laughs> the comedians were great. They were. Really we all funny. saw from yeah. the stage. Well, we were talking love, about it. That's what I love about comedy is that, like, when we put together a lineup, it's like such a great way to introduce your people or your friends to mm-hmm. like entirely different cultures, let that's alone like, different comedians they never would have seen before. But like, like your your act is so rich with like hilarious. Uh, material about being Muslim or being a woman, all that stuff is uh, so funny the way you do it. Patrick Thank just you. can't resist getting back into the comedy. Like he can't, like it's hurting him. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, we're not it's supposed to talk about no, 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 it's fine. But I just, I love it. I love it. But, but no, I think it's just uh, a way, I don't know. It's just a way. I, I love that comedy can be it's someone's the way to introduction. Diverse. It's the way to yeah. process it, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. we all process yeah. pain and yeah. a negative like, events. Like, I have I have several like friends. Uh, I want to I want to avoid be saying anything that anyone will take personally. But where I grew up, uh, there's not a whole lot of Muslim comedians running around town putting on shows. And I would absolutely love for the Big Brown Comedy Hour to go upstate, where to my hometown. And like, yeah, of course we need it in New York City. Scare a couple of uh, you know rednecks. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I think like New York City, we're so lucky that we can put on these shows yeah, here. We, you we're know, people talk about the city as being a bubble. Yeah, but the more I think about it, it it's actually like an uh, it's an ideal place because because you it, it's the most American. New mm-hmm. York is the most American city mm-hmm. that I can think of because yep. first of all. I mean, the Statue of Liberty, which is in New York, is is a symbol of freedom. Yeah, and and I think that this this city is is an example of freedom. If if terrorists are going to try to a- attack a city, most likely they're going to attack New York, because it, you know, although let's be honest, like that that whole thing of like they're attacking our freedom, that was never the reason why. But no. but oh god, regardless, that's the, wor- th- that's th- the worst those, argument. <laughs> those little pieces of propaganda. Yeah, then they, yeah. then they persist. Um, they persist, yeah. Even yeah. if they're totally BS, but but you know, New York is is it's a it's where where people come from all over the country. You have people from Alabama, and you have people from Minnesota, and, and, you and could be, California. You can come and, here and be whoever the hell you, you want. Whoever you want. And people from all over the world can come here, and and we all live together. And we and yeah, like people will get crazy with each other, and crazy shit happens. You know, I think uh, we've had people getting pushed in front of subway cars because they were presumed to be Muslim and they oh, God. weren't even. Right. But it's just like that's fucking crazy. But I think in in general, when you consider the millions of people that are here and the fact that we live together in, in some kind of harmony, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think we just live in apathy. <laughs> live and in <laughs> that's why we don't care enough to. I think New York is, is the most anti-apathetic city because people are fucking busy. They're getting stuff done. Yeah, because you, if you wanna, if you, if you wanna live your life and be who you wanna be in this city, it takes resources that you've got to create you for work. yourself. You gotta work. I think you're apathetic uh, to anything that's not in the direct path of you fulfilling your goal. Okay, I mean, I could, that, I don't, but is that apathy or is that just uh, focus? Selfishness, maybe. Selfish. I, I think I, sure. it depends. It can be both. Self- I have to admit, I'm guilty of like putting on blinders sometimes but you know you yeah. you if you want to achieve certain goals you have to be i mean look if you want to you know if for people that are not living in the city let's say you're you're living a suburban life there's a there's a there's a set of blinders that people put on there yeah we're like hey i'm gonna live in um you know i'm gonna live in this place of this i'm gonna live in this neighborhood that's all white people right. and i'm gonna you know just drive my car to and from and i'm only going to be exposed to what i see on tv and that's a certain set of blinders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you're not really exposing yourself mm-hmm. to anything outside of well, that. I expose myself whenever possible. <laughs> well, we know. I mean, I saw when I Patrick's came in here, his, you were exposing Patrick's yourself. Patrick's got his dick out right now. Oh, this, for, is a, for this is a strip podcast. Every yeah. time uh, we mentioned uh, Tristan's poor writing skills, I've, I've taken off an article of clothing and I've been naked for the past well, 45 minutes. Pretty much minutes. within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, we're wearing the. If I take the sweater off, we'd be wearing the exact same outfit. This is that's not a V-neck though. Well, I've got the V-neck in the sweater. We could cut a cut a V-neck into. I could, you you know, because I. What did your parents think of you moving V like this guy? (laughs) What did your parents think of you moving to New York City? Um, at first they were really worried. Um, but I, I moved here for grad school. Why were they worried? Why? Because I lived with them my entire life, and in our culture, you typically live with your parents till you're married. Yeah, Even okay. my brothers did that. So was that like your first move of breaking out of yeah. the Muslim pattern? 
Yeah, the culture. But they had moved back to Palestine the same year I was moving here. So it was either me go to Palestine, which I had nothing to do there. I just graduated college and I, I was applying for grad school. So um, it was kind of like my excuse for mm-hmm. coming here. And I think they thought I'd just be here for a year and then move back to Alabama. And for years and years, they'd be like, so you've been there a while now. Like, when are you moving back? And mm. I think just now, I think they're finally coming to terms with the fact that I settled here and I'm not planning a move back to Alabama. And do you talk about your age publicly on stage or anything? I mean, yeah, you can. I'm 30. So you're 30 and your parents are still kind of on you about, I mean, this happens for American people. Also parents want to know when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? Uh, Is the pressure different in a Muslim household? I think it's more just a, Arab culture thing, mm-hmm. whether you're Muslim or Christian. Surprise, there are Arab Christians, guys. <laughs> that's that's important for you to say. Not not even surprise. Well, yeah, surprise. That's a funny way to deliver that. But I have to admit, like, I, I don't. I, of course, I knew that, but I don't really think. You don't of think that. about it. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you think Arab, you think Muslim. Yeah. Um, and Arab just refers to those several c- yeah, countries. People. Well, and unfortunately, people kind of equate the two um, incorrectly and. And then equate that with other things incorrectly. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I'm so ignorant about. I've been watching uh, with my wife uh, the Great British Cook Bake Off show. Cook Off? I don't know what it's called. It's a great TV show. It's Xanax TV. That's what we call it. <laughs> and we started talking. And there's this other show. It's similar. It's a real estate show in, in England. Uh, and I had to. I was like, you know what? I don't know the difference between England, Great Britain, uh the UK, like, I don't know what these things exactly refer to. So I was on Wikipedia for like 20 minutes, like sort of piecing it together. And so what, I knew, what have you, what have you learned, Patrick? Well, I, I can't tell you accurately right oh, now man. because I didn't properly learn. No it. started watching retention. porn. A pop-up came yeah. up and he just clicked on it. Uh, now no. I'm ignorant about that stuff too. Like, so, so my ignorance, if I'm ignorant to that with a, uh, like white countries, like I don't even God, like the middle East, I, I think, I think I'm so, phobic about like really learning everything because i feel stupid i feel like because ever since when we were kids when the gulf war broke you and out, i together growing up together. yeah when we were when we were children i don't know if you guys I, I remember being in fourth fifth grade when the gulf war broke out and just seeing the news stories and hearing the names of countries you know iran iraq uh you know all that stuff yeah like kuwait was something that like you probably weren't even aware of as a country until that and now it's like yeah i could point to it on a map and even yeah. the phrase the Middle East, like all that stuff, all the images created a bias or a, a created a prejudice in my mind as a, from, from a young age. So into adulthood, I've just never taken the time to sit and learn w- who are the people that live there. And, and like the, the Syrian refugee crisis, all that stuff is just – I see the headlines. I read the – I do read the stories, but I – well, that's I think the, there's that, a that, mental that, block. Right, so this is the interesting thing because um, I um, I took a break from news for a while because there was a certain point when I realized that a lot of it is um, a lot of it is focused on particular things. Um, a lot of it is um, incorrect, and I don't believe. Oh, by the way, the whole fake news thing just boils my blood mm. because that's just a, a misused term and it's complete bullshit. I don't think that news organizations are deliberately misleading people for the most part, but I think that. Um, they get their facts wrong sometimes because there's yeah. human beings running these things, and and it's it's you know and of course they're going to report on the sensational things on the you know and it, it it's a lot it's a lot to digest like what's going on right now like I've been like nonstop I'm like at work with like a like a news feed on mm-hmm. like somebody talking about yeah. news like the entire right. time which in some ways it's like it's really interesting to follow along and it's got my brain on it. otherwise otherwise I'm like I think it's making me crazy it's sensory overload it's sensory overload yeah. Uh, but so in the context of what we perceive, you and I perceive right. as like too much information, that's like, you actually have to confront day. that in your life. That's what it was, when you said that your mom was tired of politics, all I could think of, of was, I wish I had the luxury to be tired of politics. Mm. I wish I had the luxury to be like, to not want to read it or not. Well, when I say that, I mean like, I mean the whole general. notion of like the way that Washington politics, yeah. runs. You know, which, right. oh, which but I a lot think, of people are like, oh, let's not talk about I think politics, people on both sides can relate it. to that. Absolutely. You know? yeah, 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 that's true. But Whether, I know what you mean. Like when when it's like uh, 
it's 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 like oh man i'm so sick of hearing about police brutality right but like if you're actually experiencing it on a day-to-day like, like hello yeah yeah unfortunately it's like when are you gonna get over that whole middle east issue it's right like, a- <laughs> like palestine israel we've heard about it over Enough. and over and you must have Can't actual that's the same out. voice that's the yeah. exact voice Come on. <laughs> and you must have actual family living mm-hmm. there I do, like yeah. First cousins yeah. and, All right. uncles. My aunts and uncles. What is the solution for the Israeli Palestinian conflict? <laughs> Tell a us serious again. question? Yeah. Uh, I think most my generation would agree, even my parents, uh, having one state, call it whatever the fuck you want. Just let's all live and have equal rights. But do you think that's, that's a very Palestinian viewpoint? Or do you think there's any yeah, it, just people? It is. Have um, you, do you think there's anybody in Israel that would think that that would be a good idea? Um, maybe some like leftists like liberal people would be um but the only well let me not <laughs> get into like the specifics of it but i just believe that it would be much easier what if that, if one, what if that one state was called israel then that's fine if you're going to give us the same exact rights which even arabs in israel who are israeli citizen don't have that so i think it's just more like logistically and practically like even if we want that to happen would it actually play out um and where where know. are the rights in equal? What are what are the oh, what damn. are what are the specific? Like a no, oh. you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm I'm legitimately um, just asking if you can, in a nutshell, describe right to of, the idiots okay. like me what, what? Uh, right to. Uh, if you're Arab, you can't what travel to certain places. Um, you can't now. If you're talking, are you a Palestinian that lives in the West Bank, or are you an Arab? Are you Palestinian that lives under Israeli territory and have Israeli citizenship? Um, because you're even more limited as a Palestinian who has who's from the West Bank. I'm losing Patrick. No, <laughs> so, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, so I I'm from the West Bank. I don't have Israeli citizenship. I don't have so my I cannot go into Israel. I'm like banned from going in there. Um, but a person who was born in like what is now Israel can uh, travel wherever in the region. However, um, there's certain like restrictions on. Is the fear if you go into Israel, you'll stay there? Is that the. Is yeah, that the fear? basically. You can't um, naturalize another. Per- like if you marry someone, uh, another Palestinian, you can't give, give them Israeli citizenship. There's limitations to certain uh, roads that you can take. There's um, limitations. And in what about. Thick- so- Sorry, I was going to ask, like, socially, is is there racism? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of places within Israel, like the Arabs and Israelis, have to work together and have to live in, like, some sort of civilized, cohesive society. Um, it, I lived in the West Bank, and it was more separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know if that kind of. I would just say Can Google you, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, it's, it's a it's a very complex issue. It's please. too much. Too. No, like, and I will. And I will. I actually would like to publicly say that I, in 2017, I would like to be more informed. Yeah. Like, I'm. I. I get to live a pretty easy life. The only way you can do it is to do it. Got to do it. Gotta get on that Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. I believe you. I believe in you, man. Wikipedia's or, the answer. Are there to documentaries you'd recommend? Mm, and you can come back question. to us about that if you if you want to. We could put it on the page because I I think like I, I feel, I'm Read. feeling judged by by you, you Tristan. No, no, no. I, you're smirking I love, at no, me. No, I love giving you shit. You're smirking you at me. Shit, we give each other shit. But, but I, I I do. I would like to say that I know what I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Read the question of Palestine. Can I just okay. can I just the let question of all of our all of our potential Titan. listeners know that I love Patrick with all my heart. We know I that. Love you too. You guys, just one big love fest that look I'm not a part of. So let me, not let me ask look you at, this. How can he not love that guy? Look at him. Are you just trying to <laughs> steer the conversation away from this controversial no, topic? No, Well, let me... I, <laughs> don't fine. get annoyed at me, Tristan. I'd like to take it back to comedy you for a second. You fucking bitch. But when, so, so there are some issues going on in your home country. Uh, well, not your home country, but in Palestine. I, I would say home country. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's issues there that are... Um, I can't... Imagine how frustrating they are. Maybe even downright bleak. Uh, where do you find the funny in that stuff? I just think I have no other option but to process it like anything else. I mean, you talk on stage about your, you know, being an AA and that you're alcoholic, and I think like one could be like, well, where's the funny of that? But there's yeah. a way that you process it in a very funny way that helps us relate. Um, and even though, like, yeah, maybe 
people getting killed and fighting is not funny. There's something just inherently funny about, you know, this Palestinian that went to Alabama and then comes back and yeah. then having to like live under um, one, one government's rule and then coming back to the U.S. and yeah. living under now like Trump's rule. Uh, yeah. kind of like, well, that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. I think that that's one thing that's great about um, comedy. Like, so, uh, you know, when you, when you do, like any kind of creative endeavor that expresses like a feeling or like a like a or expresses kind of like someone's um, experiences of living, um, you know they they can range obviously depending on the medium and art often is very serious. So if you have somebody that's kind of expressing like conflict, mm -hmm. then they might have uh, like really serious conflict art. But the cool thing with comedy is that you take that and you're doing it in a really relatable, funny way, so that you could go and do your comedy in front of like any audience. Mm -hmm. Right. And and they can be like, oh man, I can really relate to this person, yeah. and I really find them funny, and I, and all that. There's universal know. pain and suffering that right, we've yeah. all experienced, one way or the other. So yeah. if you can, not that you're necessarily bringing that out, but you're just exposing that you've all also experienced something, and finding the humor in that kind of yeah. vulnerable situation, I think helps others hopefully see that there is some light in any situation. Do you have any comedians um, that like have a similar background to you in some way that you look up to or that you think are especially good or, um, me and Dave Chappelle are basically twins. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I he did convert to a son though. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago. I love Dave Chappelle. I love David Cross. I just love any comedian named Dave. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Dave Chappelle has his special that just yep. came out on Netflix. Specials. Yeah. Yep. Specials. Two of, two yeah, of three, two. right? And, um, uh, and he, I also was watching an interview where he was talking about, you know, what's going on in comedy right now. And he was actually saying that, like, he thinks that, that in a way that like Trump is bad for comedy because people have to talk about it. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like a lot of people doing the same material, unfortunately, as a result, mm -hmm. because, you know, it's, it's like, it's unavoidable. It's like, you yeah. know, I feel that's interesting you say that. Cause I feel pressure even more so as a Muslim female, like, to make jokes about Trump. And sometimes yeah. I just don't want to. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it's not like, I'm not ready to process it yet, or I'm not ready to find the funny or I have other things I want to talk about, but you can't just ignore this huge, like yeah, Cheeto in the yeah. white house you and know, not I, address it. I was going through a little phase for a bit where I was asking like, why aren't comedians talking more about like what's happening out in the world and everything. But then I realized that, like, you know, Sometimes people just have to talk about what's personal to them, and it might be some stupid thing that has nothing to do with anything that's going on in the world. But sometimes also when people come in off the street and they see a comedy show, they want to be taken away from like, okay, the, you know, I've seen the 24 hours news cycle with Trump on it constantly. Can we please talk about something else? For a moment, just like give me a you know a respite from the yeah. from the mm -hmm. whole thing. So I think you know I totally get that. Like I I feel like I you know. Uh, you know, according to <laughs> groups of people, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> um, uh, and according to 20-year-old um, white girls that their dads pay for everything, I, <laughs> I ha you know, everything's going great for me, evidently. Um, and so I, you know, but I still feel a, 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 an urge to talk about um, to talk about Trump and talk about what's going on. Because uh, in reality, like I do, it does affect me and, and I do um, – you know, I do think it's important. I do think it, you know, but then you look at like every late show is like talking. They they have jokes and the jokes overlap. It can get tired. It's yeah. tiresome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting listening to uh, last week tonight. Do you listen to that podcast? La last uh, week tonight? Show? Or, or no, uh, not story. last week tonight. Uh, late night last week is a podcast. That recaps all the late night shows. You know, I keep meaning. Great. I keep meaning to check. I actually Ooh, might have. I have my, to check that out. Yeah. It's it's wonderful, and occasionally you'll hear Trump jokes that are basically the same, same. joke on several shows. Um, yeah. So so with finding the funny and the bleak stuff, it actually reminded me of the Judy Carter thing with because uh, so much about religion, politics, uh, social. Um, class systems all that stuff in 2017 as evolved people they're just stupid it's like st it's so stupid that this yeah. is even a thing that's happening in israel and palestine or in our country with the muslim ban uh, or with our president it's just it's like this is just seems stupid so well, it's like beyond of course that, it i've got to make fun of it. It, it you know it i want to make fun of stuff that is just hypocritical and it's yes. it's it's 
it's contradicting itself. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. like when it's illogical, it's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't raised Muslim. I was raised Christian, but I I've seen so much Christian hypocrisy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like if you, and, and at this point, like I don't adhere to any particular religious, uh, identity or anything, but I mean, when I, but I'm aware, but I, mm-hmm. I learned all that stuff. I learned it. And when I see people that are like devout Christians being hateful and judgmental towards, anyone i'm like that is completely contrary to what the religion is that you say you hold so dear mm-hmm. like even even if you don't agree with somebody like the christianity the whole thing is like well do, you know don't you don't judge somebody else let's yeah. right. be judged All well the, you know yeah. you don't um you know like it's just think, it just boggles my mind you know I, like, i've i've become a big fan of memes lately because some of these memes will nail these points like right. i love uh i love this one floating around about uh, it's like, uh, we don't want to help immigrant Christians are the same people who don't want to help. Christians are the same people who thought one fish could feed, uh, an entire village, but now don't want to like feed. I, I can't say it. I, I'm fucking up the <laughs> meat. Uh, I love these memes. I, I, I don't know what they're saying. It's but such a, I get it. I got it. The hypocrisy that you mentioned is, yeah. is, is so it's like, more it's happening more and than even ever. even in a non-religious aspect like when you look at america like america is about inclusiveness it's about freedom and yet all these things are happening where people are trying to challenge that like trying to say you know like and, I, and there's one thing i worry about with like the younger generation with like and by younger i mean like not that much younger than me but like people that maybe grew up like at a little bit like more in the internet kind of culture right away and they're they're willing to trade away personal freedoms so that they can feel more comfortable, you know, like, um, oh, you know, that's, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay if you, if you're spying on me or I'm okay if, um, you know, if you take away my free speech, as long as, as no one's offending me or as long as I'm not, you know, nobody, you know, it's like, well, that's the thing. We, we only think about ourselves and how injustice affects us individually right. and if we thought about how any injustice is injustice for everybody then we yes. would have a much stronger Amen. platform yeah yes. and we, it's like looking out for someone else is in turn also looking out for yourself but we just see it kind of yes well that's i think that's because of capitalism that's the because capitalism is so much about Tell me more, comrade. Fuck capitalism. <laughs> it's like it's like we, we do make as much yeah. for yourself as possible, and yeah, every religion, and somewhere in the religion says uh, it's not me, it's us. And you're totally right about that. That it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. well, yeah. Just just to, I don't think there's any religion that I can think of. I mean, any like when I'm talking about like large groups of people believe in it. You know, if we're talking about mainstream know, Islam or, or Buddhism or you know, Christianity or um, Judaism or any, you know, like all all these like kind of major religions, like, like, I don't think any of them uh, encourage being hateful to other people. No. no. I think, and if anything, all of them are kind of like, this is how you live your life as a good person um, without, you know, kind of being shitty to other people as well. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, like it, it upsets me when people equate radical, um, uh, you know, radicals with any group, you know? Right. So when people are saying, well, all Muslims are terrorists, I mean, that's taking... Or all terrorists are Muslims. Right. And and that's and that's taking like a really radical group of people that don't actually even reflect the tenets of their religion, no. really. It's kind of a warped version of it. And 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 then say, well, that's that's everybody. And it's like, no, there's like a billion other people that, that don't, don't practice, don't, don't believe, believe that, that at all. Exactly. Um, and are really good people and like yourself. Well, you don't know what I've... I've done to this room what I've strapped <laughs> under the table. Yeah. Oh, I, can, I smell <laughs> this it. This is the last. This uh, is your last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I, I am curious. Are you a religious person? No, not really. I used to be. I grew up religious because my dad is pretty conservative and traditional. I would say my mom is more culturally conservative, not as religiously conservative as my dad. But I still grew up in a Muslim culture. Yeah, um, but you still feel the pressures of it. Oh yeah. Like you don't eat pork, for instance. Like you don't. There's certain things that we've talked about that right. like you don't do. But that more comes from. 
I've just not eaten it my entire life, and it feels strange to start eating it now. Yeah, I actually recently had prosciutto and was like by accident, and it was really good. <laughs> and I've been considering whether it's worth. Are there no, other but- places that Islam and nutrition overlap? You gave me this look when I'm like, you don't eat pork, and you're like, wow. No, but it was by accident. I haven't eaten yeah, it yeah, since. Yeah. It was anyway. You hear uh, that, God? I, I don't know. I like I like the idea of you working as a nutritionist, and uh, maybe there's things that overlap. Because I mean, one would say salted meats shouldn't be eaten as a nutritionist. That's but true. Well, I mean, also I mean, it, it, it kind of like it's also in in um, you know, in the in the Torah, yeah. You know, not to not to eat pork, and I think a lot yeah. of those things obviously are kind of you know these are old religions, and they kind of. Uh, are during periods of time when they were like, hey, this is how you don't die, you know? And, you know, trichinosis and other things like that is much more of an issue. Like, you know, so if you eat pork, like... I wonder, there must have been some sort of logical... No, I'm sure Re- it had to practical yeah, like, reason that people stopped eating it. I'm sure it had that's it had interesting. To do with like you know the illnesses that you could get right. from certain animals. Yeah, like the, all the PSAs were delivered through church. Yeah, absolutely. And now we have other channels for delivering PSAs, yeah. and we also have like more like science has come in into play. And we kind of know why certain things are the way they are, and we can, um, you know, we can avoid them or we can improve them so that we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, what should every comic uh, who's running around New York City doing multiple mics a night think about when putting food in their body? How should one fuel their body? Yeah, because comics city? are not the healthiest group. Yeah, you're you're eating way too many of those. Yeah, too many dollar pizzas. Uh, they're delicious. They're I get so it. They're so delicious. But it's also not gonna fuel you you want to stick to you want to have some snacks with you i always travel with like snacks in my some purse carrots and hummus uh no because hummus would be need, needed need would need refrigeration sorry God, i can't speak it. i'm ready um well i'll carry around hummus. Nuts, i don't care i won't refrigerate that shit um fruit you can i mean you could pick up these things from a deli you could yeah. pick up like a, whatever i try to like eat as late as possible at why work. do you need to refrigerate hummus because it's what is it? It's like, is it the tahini in it? Because there's a tahini, well, there's just chickpeas. Semi-paste. It'll there's, just... This gets funky. Yeah. Eh, I mean, if it gets really warm. You should refrigerate most things. You refrigerate a vegetable after you cook it or it could... Well, because it, it could just like, there's bacteria well, in there and the bacteria yeah, but you really like, likes if you go to like, around. If you go to Europe, they'll like leave like cheese and milk out. Yeah. Well, you know? this ain't Europe. Well, this ain't Europe. So nuts and dried <laughs> fruits or just fruit? Uh... Like Regular fruit. Um, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> what about jerky? Where do you stand on jerky products? Oh, we were just talking about this at work, actually, because now they have new, like, uncured, so no nitrates, like, um, very, like, I guess, clean, non-processed jerky. Mm-hmm. But in general, you shouldn't be eating red meat. I guess it was turkey jerky. God damn, we're doing the whole gambit today. Uh, quick yeah. question. Got it all. Quick question. I've gotten uh, significantly... Um, Softer in the middle. We I, noticed. I, yeah, I have this gut that I'm really... <laughs> His erection has gone completely down. <laughs> I'm really ashamed of it. I've put on a lot of weight this last look year at, look for at, me. We could be belly buddies right now. What? What's the, what is the... Touch the belly. Oh, touch the belly. Yeah. What do we do? What do I do? Do I just got to eat better and exercise? Is that just... That's what it comes down to? You got to eat less, exercise more. More sex. I, this is what I tell everybody. Um, free nutrition tidbits. Uh Download my fitness pal or a similar app. Mm-hmm. Um, track your calories. As long as you're staying within those guidelines and you're eating under those calories, then you will lose weight. There is no magic to not no carb. There is no magic to cutting out any like particular food. What do you think group. about the whole paleo thing? Because I've I've looked into that. Bullshit. You think it's bullshit? I mean, you're essentially any diet that restricts any kind of food group, you're just cutting calories. I mean, I've done studies on this. Like this doesn't it doesn't mean anything. A calorie is a calorie. What about like a car? Like like what about if the calories are like carbs? Doesn't like, matter. Doesn't matter. You could eat two thousand calories of cake or two thousand calories of like vegetables and still weigh the same. Or but the point is, you're not going to be healthy. You might have a heart attack with one. Or like you still have to pay attention to the balance and the quality of the calories. Mm-hmm. But from a purely, uh, you know, weight loss point of view. Uh, you just want to like look at the calories. So it doesn't matter if they're coming from carbs, but do you enjoy, you know, well, let, let's ask this. We got like a, like a minute and, and plus left. 
Do you, yeah. Do you, do you enjoy the nutritionist thing? Is it something that you want to keep doing or is comedy really, I mean, is comedy something you want to pursue like in a more um, permanent fashion? Like where, where are you? Where, where, where's the fear heading in the future? Okay. So I really like nutrition. I think my job is great. Um, however, it took me a long time to come to this realization that it doesn't, what wakes me up in the morning is doing comedy. That's my passion. And I, I feel a responsibility to it, to fulfill it. So hopefully I will make it a career. But in the meantime, I do enjoy my day job. Well, that's good. Athir, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Do, we have, do you have any shows coming up that you want to kind of uh, tell our listeners about? Oh, I started writing for a sketch show at the pit called Passport Control. April 11th is our debut. Come see it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Athir. Thank you, guys. Thank this you. was Appreciate awesome. Appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Yeah, Athir, good friend. with Just the tip of the iceberg, but uh, yeah, this has been the Comics Table. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. Thanks, guys. I'm Tristan. I'm Patrick Holbert, and we'll see you soon. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>